Beautiful song. Great job. Amazing. You ever been on a, a trip? You ever traveled? You couldn't wait to get there? Kids, are you there yet? Are you there? Are we there? Don't you miss that? <laughs> when we're on a trip, it seems like we can't wait to get to our destination. Um, a few years ago, we were traveling, and uh, I couldn't wait to get to the destination. We'd actually flown and rented a car. And couldn't quite find the destination. GPS was wrong. <laughs> Poor Rhonda. <laughs> Poor Rhonda. <laughs> Abby, Abby was smart. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I couldn't find my destination. Looking for the hotel, looking for this place we're staying in. It wasn't there. Follow the instructions, it's not there. <laughs> Kept saying something like it's not there, something to that effect. Can't remember exact words I was saying. Thank gosh. <laughs> but I remember going. I was going around in circles, and each time when you're lost, it's good to go around in circles. And each time you go around in circles, go faster. That helps. It helps a lot. You know, you're lost. You cannot find your destination. Let's just. I gotta go. Well, you know, we gotta get there. So I go around the same block. I'm like, I've been here. Each time I hit the gas just a little bit harder, and I got nowhere faster. Then I had to stop. I didn't have to. We got the blue lights back. I sure appreciate it when I did. And he says, Where are you going? I said, uh, I'm lost. He said, well, where are you going? I gave him the hotel. He said, it's just right over here. And he led me right there. I was, I mean, I was so close. I was, as we were going around and around, I said a lot of things. And each time I got faster, I got louder, too. Right now, just sat there. But they were praying. I think, oh, please let us get there. He's going to kill us ever. No. But again, the nice police officer led me right to uh, right to the hotel, and we got out. It was a great, great vacation. But on a journey, sometimes sometimes there's a few snags. Sometimes we think we know where we're going, and, and then we uh, end up getting lost. And this morning, actually, for the next couple weeks, the next several weeks, probably, I'm going to compare. Our Christian walk to a journey. Today I'm going to talk about his perfect grace. I'm thankful for the police officer's grace that night. Because if I'd gotten what I deserved, he would have given me a ticket. But he didn't. He actually led me to where I needed to go. I'm more thankful for the perfect grace that comes from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because on this journey, I get lost often. And he leads me where I need to go. And that's what I want to, you to think about again here the next few weeks. The, this week and next week, I want to talk about grace 
um, in our journey of grace and, and teach you a few things about grace. And then for the next several weeks, I'm going to do a, uh, after, yeah, here a couple weeks, I'm going to start a series that I did a few years ago, but it was during COVID. And we started out, I think, with uh, doing, I think when we started out, we were doing the drive-in, and then we got, where I was just doing it online. I don't know how many people heard that complete series. And I want to teach it again over the course of the next few weeks. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite uh, lessons that I've studied. But uh, again, it's just wonderful to be on this journey with, with you all. It's wonderful to be on a journey with people who like to serve. But I'm telling you, if you work me this hard, you're going to need a younger pastor. This, been, this week's been tough. But I've enjoyed every second of it. Last weekend, again, Lake Tulaska, we, we had a beautiful time over there. It was raining when we got there. We were going to do the devotion at the cross, which is gorgeous setting. And the wind was blowing. It was actually chilly. And... Um, I said, no problem, let's go down to the chapel, and we will do this devotion in the chapel. It's a beautiful setting. They thought a wedding was more important than our devotion. I don't know why, but they, my devotion got preempted by a wedding in the chapel. Chapel. So we went under this, we, we had a devotion, and Ricky and Shannon Willow were with us, and Ricky's like, I'm going to lay out the sun. When's the sun going to shine? I said, as soon as we finish this devotion, we go to the gift shop for a few minutes. When we come out, the sun's going to be shining. Thank God when we come out of that, <laughs> when we come out of that gift shop, the sun was shining. And it got pretty hot. We had a good time at the pool. I think I threw kids about four million times. And I don't know if y'all know, Macy's a really good swimmer. And I used to be able to swim a little bit. So I thought, I'm going to just see how fast I am. I said, will you swim me in a lap? I said, I can't beat Rhonda. I want to see how close I can come to you because I'm getting old. And I'll tell you, for about a half a lap, I was staying with her pretty decent. And then I got a cramp in my calf. And I thought, it's going to go away. I'm going to kick a couple more times. Then I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot get rid of this cramp. Uh, Macy won. So I'm at best the third best swimmer here. Because, again, Ronnie can beat me for sure. But, um, again, being on a journey is just so much fun. Being with you all on this journey is so much fun. Um, I'm not complaining about being tired. Being tired is good. Being tired is better than being bored. When I get bored, I get in trouble. So I'm glad we've been as busy as we have. But uh, let's start out reading the scripture. And then... Um, I'm going to refer to several scriptures as we go through this lesson. I'm going to read from Romans 7. I'm going to read verses 15 through 25. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, and if I do what I do want, not want to do, I agree that the, the law is good. And it is no longer I myself who's doing it, but it's the sin that lives in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that it is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, 
But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who did it, but it's the sin living that, that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to be good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, again, just for being here with us, Lord. Just thank you for allowing us to be here, Lord. I pray that uh, as we study this lesson, Lord, your Holy Spirit fills all of us, Lord. We hear the message that you have for us. Jesus' name. Amen. His perfect grace. Again, too often as Christians, we think of accepting Jesus Christ as our destination. Don't get me wrong, that's the most important decision any of us will ever, ever make in our lives. It is the most important when we realize we can't do things on our own and we know that we need His grace. But once we do that, we begin a journey. Actually, we're already on a journey before we even know it. But we're on this journey. And our journey is to be more like Jesus Christ. Our journey is to be more like Him, to take on the characteristics of Jesus. As we go on our journey the next few weeks, I'll describe, describe different parts of the journey. We get our destinations to become more like Christ. But today I want to discuss prevenient grace. And I'll probably get started on justification before we, we close today, and I'll pick it back up next week. But the first part of our journey is called prevenient grace, and then repentance. And then the second part of the journey is justification. After we're born again, after we receive the grace of Jesus Christ. And the last part of the journey, or the last parts of the journey, is sanctification and glorification. In other words, us becoming more like Him every day. While our individual journeys are unique, every one of us should have the same goal. And again, that's to love and serve like Jesus Christ. Again, even before we know we're on the journey, God's working in our lives. You see, the word prevenient is a Latin word. And it means to go, it comes before. That it comes before. So prevenient grace is happening before we even know we're on this journey. It's happening before we even know that we need a Savior. Prevenient grace is what God gives us before we ever make a decision to follow Him. And this part of the journey, God is with us. God is with us. 
also within us is an empty space that we try to fill. God's already with us, but there's this empty space that we try to fill. In Romans 5, 8, Paul assures us, God shows us his love, or God shows his love for us because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Well, see, Christ died for us while we were still sinners. He died for us before we knew that we needed him to die for us. Jesus died for us when we were doing some bad things. Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. He didn't wait until we got good enough to die for He loves us so much that he died for us when we were still breaking his laws, before we became in a relationship with him. That's how much Jesus loves us. You see, we serve a God who desires every person in the world to come to knowing, loving, saving relationship that's only found through the grace of Jesus Christ. That's how much God loves us. Paul writes in his first letter to Timothy, he said, first of all, then, I urge you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings, and for all who are high in positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is, the right, this is right and it's acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's a wonderful feeling to know that we serve a God who cares about each one of us. We serve a God who wants to save every one of us. You see, he reveals to us the need for him even before we know that we have a need for him. There's this empty space that as human beings, before we accept Christ, we're searching. We're searching for something. Take away the pain that we're in. Take away the loneliness we're in. You see, Christ loves us that much. Finally, we come to the understanding that we have sin in our life. We have an empty space in our life that's separating us from, from God. And, and that thing that separates us is sin. We come to the realization that sin has separated us from being who we're supposed to be. And all of a sudden we realize, hey, we just can't do it on our own. You see, but Jesus explains to us in John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do not know him. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You see, we finally come to the knowledge that we need a Savior. We finally come to the understanding to fill the gap that's in our life. We need somebody to take away the sin that we have. We've been trying to be good. Have you ever tried to be good and say, hey, I can, I can do this. I'm going to do it the best I can. I'm going to do the best. And then you fail again. I know it happens to me often. The harder I try sometimes, the more I fail. See, what we don't understand because we always try to take care of ourselves is we need to give it all to Jesus Christ and let him take away our burdens. You see, we just can't do it on our own. We just can't do it on our own. We need a Savior. 
But even before we accept Christ, this provenient grace is working in our lives. And we recognize that we need something. You see, we finally come to the knowledge. We finally come to the knowledge that we need a Savior. And we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. You see, this step of the journey, it can come in many different ways. Think back to when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It could be an altar call. It could be praying the sinner's prayer in someone's living room. It could be while you're by yourself. It could be while you're listening to an evangelist. Everyone came to that knowing, loving relationship with Jesus Christ and accepted them as, as the Lord and Savior. Everyone who's done this has done it in different ways. It's unique. For me, it was an altar call and a revival in 1976. But for each one of you, it's different. Again, we have the same Savior, but we have different experiences. Experiences. We've come to know His love a little different. We're on the same journey. Sometimes I heard somebody say one time that, you know, we're really... We're on the same journey, and, and, and a lot of times people say, hey, we're in the same boat. And I heard somebody say, oh, we're really not in the same boat. We're in the same storm. Our boats can be unique. But we're all in this storm, and we need to be saved. Again, once we finally come to that knowing relationship that we need a Savior, and we submit to His grace, then things change. We should see a change in our life. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we, we see people, or we, we, we may think that once someone's saved, that automatically their life is just turned around and they become who God wants them to be. You see, once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you do have a new life. But you're still on this journey, this journey of Sanctification. This journey that, hey, it lasts for the rest of my life now. And there's going to be times where it looks like I'm living this Christian life pretty good. And there's going to be times when I stumble. When I do, I thank God that he sent Jesus to die for me. And his grace has me covered. You see, I need Jesus in my life. You see, I understood this. Fairly young. Back before 1976, the fall of 76, I was involved in church. I was there two or three times a week. It's a part of my life. I grew up there. My grandmother went there. My whole family was there. It's part of a youth group. I knew what was going on. I knew this church thing. But I'm telling you, nobody else's grace, or nobody else's experience can save you except for your own. Your grandmother's acceptance of Jesus Christ does not cover your sin. You have to experience yourself. You see, we have to be born again. This concept of being born again sometimes is very difficult. In John 3, 3, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom unless they are born again. You see, Jesus was speaking those words to Nicodemus, who knew the law very well. He's a very religious man. He knew the law very well. 
but he didn't understand what Jesus was trying to tell him. You see, being born again means that we have accepted the fact that we need a Savior in order to be justified. And we know that Jesus is the perfect atonement for our sin. You see, after we accept the saving grace of Jesus Christ, we are no longer the same. Again, you may not notice that visibly every day because we're still going to mess up. But when we do, we have a Savior that we know that we can turn to and ask for forgiveness. We know that we can repent and He can make us whole. You see, I like to explain it by the way that a pastor I had years ago explained it to me. That experience is a but now experience. It's a but now experience. You see, I like to say I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. See, I was trying to do it on my own, but now I rely on Christ to lead me. I used to do this, but now. Again, this but now does not mean you're never going to mess up again. But now you've got a Savior you can turn to. But now you can repent. You can ask Jesus to turn you away from that sin. You walk closer to Him. Paul writes in Galatians 2, 19 and 20, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. And the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In Ephesians 2.13, Paul writes, But now in Christ Jesus, you once were far off, but now you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. After we accept Christ as our Savior, we now must become focused on being more like him. What would Jesus do? Whatever situation we're in, we need to think that. We don't even have to have a bracelet on with WWJD on it to think, what would Jesus do? If we're in a conflict, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus handle the situation? That's the way we should be thinking because now we have his loving, saving grace. We were lost, but now we're saved. We were doomed, but now we have a Savior. Jesus Christ. We want to feel the presence of Jesus Christ. We can fall on our knees and pray. We have access to the creator of the universe. That's how much he loves us. We have access to the person who saves us. We have access to grace that we can't even explain. You see, we didn't have that, but now we do.
Ricky did a great job. He and I had every, just about every school supply. He was into it. He was, that was his job. And he took it serious. Kids had their face painted. They were having fun. See, but the other night, it's more about, it's more than just about school supplies, the playable games, the movie, face painting. All those things are great. What we did show the love of Jesus Christ to some of those kids are hurting. I know we know most of them. We don't know all those kids' story. I can tell you if demographics uh, hold true, most of those kids needed what we gave them. Whether it be a hot dog or a pack of stuff to take to school. You all did it with smiles on your faces. Even the yellow jackets had a good time. <laughs> we got rid of them. Man, if you want to see Jesus, if you want to learn how to live, we need to pray, we need to read his word, we need to fellowship together. We need to serve. Again, if you get to where, hey, I've been on this journey a while and I can't feel Jesus in my life, go serve somebody. Go serve somebody that can't do anything for you. That's where Jesus is. Yeah, he's here right now. The Holy Spirit's dwelling in all of us right now. It's time to, to feel his presence in all that we do. Next week, I'm going to continue talking about grace. I'm going to pick up at justification again. Then I'm going to talk about sanctification and glorification next week. Hope y'all come back. Pray most of you come. I mean, pray all of you come back. I think most of you will. We'll talk about how we need the constant assurance while we're on this journey. We need each other to lift us up. you're here today or you listen to this message online and you haven't taken that first step of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you do so today. If you don't have a church home and you want to come and be a part of this church home, I would love to where you come today. You see, I love you. God loves us more than we can even imagine. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for your grace. Lord, thank you for taking care of us. Lord, thank you for placing in us placing in us that urge just to find a Savior. Lord, most of all, thank you for being that Savior. Thank you for that button out experience. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here or anyone listening online that has not had that button out experience, Lord. They haven't experienced your saving grace. They come to that knowing, loving relationship with you today. In Jesus' name, amen.